Welcome to episode three of the Vocationality Podcast. Will and I talk about the third session of Vocationality, one of my favorites called Your Gifts. So we're going to dive into a conversation about the different aspects of a person that come into figuring out what we call the gifted zone. I really can't wait for you to hear uh, Will's ideas and some about the Vocationality experience itself. So let's get into it. Okay, Will, we are talking about session three of vocationality, uh, your gifts. So tell me uh, what happens in session three. Session three is continuing the momentum that we've started building from listening to your story and then to start picking up on that big sense of calling that you feel connected with, that project that you'd like to be a part mm. of. And that in the past, maybe you've had glimpses of being a part of. As we talked in the last conversation, they're bound to be more than just you at work on that calling. Let's hope so, at least, because most callings are bigger than what you can accomplish during a lifetime. Well, what is it that you have to bring to that calling? It's not everything. So uh, what is it? What, what are you good at? What are you able to contribute? What do you want to contribute to that sense of calling? And that's what we're calling your gifts. There are lots of words for gifts, talents, abilities. Um, I like the word gifts um, because I think it it uh, talks about the generosity that I hope you feel <laughs> when you're using your gifts, that you get to give them uh, away. Even if you're getting paid, there's still this sense of being able to give away something that maybe has been given to you. And uh, those gifts are really the heart of what we're trying to listen to and, and put words to in this third conversation. It's, it's interesting that you bring up this point of generosity. Uh, I think it's not only important for uh, the individual to feel a sense of uh, generosity in, in giving their gifts, but I think what people uh, don't often realize is that um, those around them are viewing what they contribute as a gift yes. that, uh, especially when we talk about this idea of, of super strengths, mm-hmm. uh, strengths that, that we show up with that are, are so kind of um, in our nature that we don't realize we're contributing them. Yes. Uh, people don't feel like they're special, but they're usually mm-hmm. the exact things that those around them are saying, if we didn't have you know, yes. her ability to summarize a discussion uh, mm-hmm. into the, the most essential action points, I don't know where we would be. Yes. And, and those are, are things that uh, others around them truly view as, as generous gifts mm-hmm. to the world, uh, or at, at least to the, the place where you're working right now. Definitely. And gifts are where it starts to get much more specific to you. Uh, we talked about everyone's callings being at least a little different. Um, your gifts are, are start to get much more specific. And there are times when we talk about your fingerprint and how, how distinct it is. This has been suspected for hundreds, maybe even thousands of years, but it wasn't until maybe 150 years ago that people realized fingerprints are actually unique. Mm. And they're, they're unique enough to you that if we find your fingerprint at a crime scene, um, we're, we're going to be knocking on your door, right? <laughs> yes. um, and your iris is far more unique um, even than I, – I realize there are um, word nerds out there saying you can't qualify unique. Okay, well, uh, your fingerprint is unique to you, but your iris is about five times as distinct 
to oh. you as your fingerprint is. So that's what I mean by more unique, if, <laughs> if, if that is such a thing. And of course, your DNA. So we, we all know we have this evidence physically that we are a distinct person. Um, but I think it's when we get start to get into the, the gifts that a person has that we start to realize, all right, it's not just the physical aspect of who I am. What I'm bringing to the world is distinct and it has value and it's a way that I get to participate in the world that other people really appreciate, mm. uh, particularly when I'm using it to create value for others. And so what we've identified is what we call the gifted zone. And a gifted zone is an overlap of three categories. All three of these are essential. And in fact, it can't get any more essential to this, at least in, in my experience. You can add other categories, uh, but in, in your mind, I want you to start visualizing a Venn diagram. Um, if you don't remember what a Venn diagram is, just remember overlapping circles. Um, so there's one category, there's another category, and there's an overlap in them. Uh, one of these categories is your strengths, what you're good at, what you're hopefully you're best at. Another category is your passions. This is what you value the most, what you love, what you feel connected to. And we'll talk about why passions as a word here in just a moment. The third is how you create value for others. Now, all three of those are essential to identifying your gifts, because if you're not good at it, I'm not sure why we're calling it a gift of yours. <laughs> you know, maybe you think it's a gift. Maybe you think you have an amazing singing voice, and um, people uh, try to walk out of the room uh, when you start singing. Probably not. But uh, very rarely we think we have a gift that we're not good at. Most most of us understand. We need to be good at it. Okay. Well, you also need to be uh, passionate about something that's your gift, because if you're not, then you're not going to want to use it. You're going to get tired of it. You're going to get burned out. And if we're just talking about something that's a strength and a passion and it never creates value for others, well, that's cool, but that's a hobby. <laughs> and at Vocationality, we're not uh, mainly here to help you figure out what your hobbies are. Mm. Um, I guess we could do that along the way yes. if you really wanted to, but we're trying to help you figure out um, what are you made to do in such a deep sense that you should be spending your career doing that, your work life. And so those three are essential to identifying gifts. It's uh, so interesting to think about the interconnectedness of those three things. Um, something that I've, I've noticed in, in working with people through vocationality is that so many of us are trying to build careers on one or two legs mm. of that three-legged yes. stool. Um, and we don't realize that we're we're kind of uh, forcing ourselves to, to teeter on the edge of something mm. when there's likely this other stabilizing force that, yes. that we could be uh, tuning into mm -hmm. in, in order to feel more grounded in, in what we're made to do. That's good. That's good. Yeah, you probably feel a little precarious if you're yes. only using one or two legs of the stool. Yeah. For sure. For, uh, I think very often, too, it's um, it's likely that, that somebody is, is trying to show up with something that's a strength that maybe adds value, but they haven't yet connected it to what they're, what they're passionate Absolutely. about. And that is, as, as you uh, hinted at, that's the recipe for burnout. That's right. And, and in fact, I think I've experienced that more than anything else. Um, if there's a missing category, it's usually that people are doing work that they can do. And they don't care about doing, and it is burning them out. And they're starting to think, why did I choose this job 10 years ago or <laughs> whenever it was? Or it feels like 10 years, but it's only been six months mm. because this is so, so draining. 
Um, entrepreneurs sometimes have a different challenge and they're doing something, they're trying to do work that they're good at and they're passionate about, but they haven't figured out how to create value for others through it yet. So it depends on your, your background and what you're trying to achieve through your work. All three of these are essential. And if you've ever seen Ikigai uh, diagrams, sometimes they add other categories. And if you ever look at those, we pay attention to those categories as well. It's just not what we focus on for the gifted zone. Um, as Christian, Christian, as you were mentioning, um, super strengths is one of the kinds of strengths we're paying attention to. I learned this concept from Whitney Johnson, a researcher a few years ago. Um, I had often thought ab- about the idea of a super strength, but I think I thought about it more in like Marvel DC Comics terms. <laughs> that uh, this was an ability you had that was so obvious that it probably defined who who you were, how you saw yourself, how other people saw you, and maybe it was even the source of your superhero name as a result, right? Um, She says it's actually something different, and I'm so grateful to her for this. Um, She said a super strength is one that you're likely not to notice because it comes so easily to you that you forget it's hard for other people. And obviously, in that case, you'd want to know what your super strength is. And... uh, to be able to use it, right, on a more regular basis. Um, that's a l- extreme amounts of value that you can create for other people. But that's just one of the kinds of strengths that we pay attention to. There are actually three categories of strengths we can talk about in another podcast at some point. But we're trying to pay attention to these as- different aspects of what you're built to do, what you're designed to do. And then your passions, which are almost this huge continuum of, uh, of not just interest, but things you'd be willing to sacrifice for. Uh, passion, as you may know if you're listening to this, means suffering. That's why we call uh, pa- Easter Passion Week. Um, and it's not necessarily that you uh, have blood, sweat, and tears involved with passion, but you're willing to give up something in order to pursue these. You're willing to give up time. You're willing to give up energy or mind space. Uh, you're willing to give up other commitments in order to pursue these. That's how we know their passions. <laughs> And, that, and those, again, those are evidence in your life of what's distinct about you that's worth paying attention to. Because wouldn't you rather be spending your work life doing something you care about to a certain extent? Yes, everybody would. And then figuring out how that creates value for others. If somebody wanted to, to start uh, triangulating that, that gifted zone uh, maybe over the next week, the next month of their, of their work career— um, Apart from going through vocationality, which we would love, uh, what what would you suggest to them to kind of start finding that that gifted zone? There's a concept called flow. You may have heard about this before. Um, what's what's always fun to me is that such a simple word as flow was popularized by a man whose name is perhaps the hardest to spell, <laughs> Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. <laughs> Um, we'll have to put that in, in, in the show notes. We'll put, put that in a, a link. We'll link to his TED Talk on, on flow. Uh, you have probably experienced flow before. My hope is that you've experienced it several times. Flow is this experience of being so deeply connected to your work or what you're involved with in activity that time seems to disappear. The, the line between you and your work uh, disappears you're just enjoying it so much, and you're good at it, and you're getting things done, and it's just so delightful that you don't want to stop. And you look back and you think, that was awesome. I wish that could happen every day. Well, you know what? This is something you can start to pay attention to. Pay attention to where flow happens in your work. 
what what are you doing? Is it is it a normal part of your job description? Is it just one category? Is it something that's actually not in your job description at all? Maybe it's your idea to bring it up. Um, there's often a lot of evidence to be found in where you're stretching your job description. But I think paying attention to flow in your life, where is it showing up? When? What are you doing when flow's happening? That's a, there's a lot of evidence there that you're using your gifts if flow's happening. Thanks for listening to episode three of this podcast. I really hope that you take the time to put into practice this idea about finding your states of flow. If you want to read more about that, there are a lot of really fantastic essays and articles online. One uh, tool uh, that I found really helpful comes from Designing Your Life. That's a book written by Bill Burnett and Dave Evans, uh, a couple of professors out at Stanford University, I think that you'll really find their chapter and some of their exercises, their their handouts on this idea of flow, very helpful. So, so take a chance to go and look up their resources. Again, that book is called Designing Your Life. And of course, if you want to have this conversation with us, we're always glad to do that. You can reach us at vocationality.com and set up your own one-on-one experience with one of our guides. Thanks again.